Welcome, everyone. We are the Uneducated Gamers Podcast, and today we are going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie trailer release that we just got. And then we're going to talk about our top three picks for games for this December that you may want to check out. Before that, say, how are you doing, Mike? Oh, you know, I'm doing all right. Good and you? <laughs> I'm pretty good, pretty good. Um, I did want to also share some some news that I'm a little little sad about. Um, but it's um, you know, it was uh it was it was a it was a anticlimactic uh end of a reign of um Joe joining us for uneducated gamers. Um he will not be returning, unfortunately. Oh no. Um I know this is the first time you're hearing of it too. Um, and uh, so um, it's unfortunate Joe won't be returning it with us, um, but he may um, join us for some GGTV plays later on. If we, uh, if we are able to actually get a schedule to do that. Sure. Sure. But uh, we're certainly going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. You know, he was, he was one that had certainly helped, you know, start this the whole thing with me. Let's get to the, Trailer number two for the Super Mario Brothers movie. And before I really say anything, and and Mike, I I I know we chatted about this briefly, and I'm not sure how much you had seen before I brought this up today, but what are your impressions of not just the you know this trailer that we got that we we watched today, but so far the information and all the people that are attached to super mario brothers movie i uh i think it looks like fun um i actually it's it's not when i saw the original trailer it's not that i thought it was a bad movie but i kind of just dismissed it immediately but after seeing the second trailer i'm actually kind of kind of piqued my interest a little more it's uh, it looks a little tighter than i thought i was going to at first um like what are what are some of the things that really piqued your interest or or thoughts on on this this latest trailer that we just got? Well, I did like that there was a lot more. Um, it felt like there. It, it felt more like uh, referential to the games this time around. Mm-hmm. The first trailer was like Super Shadow of Mordor, like Bowser's army against these penguins I've never heard of. Here <laughs> we go. Uh, but then this we got like Mushroom Kingdom stuff and Donkey Kong showed up. That was neat. Uh, there was a there was a brief Rainbow Road Mario Kart uh, uh, spoiler. Yeah, it just looks like it's a lot of fun. Uh, was that what do you think about? I mean, perceivably, this just seems like an origin story of of Mario Brothers, right? It does seem that way. Yeah, he's not. He's very timid in in the footage they've released. So I'm curious too, right? Like, is is the whole movie going to be that like entry into Super Mario Brothers, like as it was, you know, when when you know Bowser? So this would be, you know, basically Super Mario Brothers one, right? Yeah. It'll be interesting. I think um what I find interesting is there are elements of a lot like a, a, almost like an um an all-star hits of different aspects of the different games um represented in this movie. Like or at least I should say within the trailer. Right. You have the fish, you know, the fish that fly yep. across the bridge and hit him in the face. You have, you know, the the um, the is it the Tanuki suit? Is that the one that he's with, wearing? The, with the raccoon? Yeah. 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 Um, But I think technically raccoon Mario and Tanuki Mario are two different things. Yeah, you're probably right. They, think... they were in Mario three anyway. OK. Yeah, because the, probably... the Tanuki can shapeshift. It can become the, the statue. Oh, right. Yes, 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 yes. I always forget that they are separate to that. I also like the I like the call out to um, Mario Kart, too. Feels yeah, like that was fun. I wasn't expecting that. Rainbow Road and, and what have you, but. Let's... I was not expecting Donkey Kong either. That oh, was a yeah. pleasant surprise. Yeah, me neither. And and it, well, not just Donkey Kong, but um, whatever I forget. What is Donkey Kong's um, Diddy Diddy Kong? 
No, not Diddy. The the there's like his, Donkey Kong, Diddy the Kong, guy, the old guy. Oh boy, uh, you know who I'm talking about, though. I know who you're talking about. Yes, and so he was represented here, right? So I think Cranky grand, Kong. What's that? Cranky Kong. Cranky Kong. There we go. Thank you. Um, so a lot of throwbacks, a lot of a lot of really cool sort of tie-ins to all the different games. But the, I guess the question I have is, is it going to be too much call in, callbacks to the games that there would be a lot, you know, too much fragmented noise? To yeah. The whole thing? Like ready player one. Right. And it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know I'm very vocal about how I hate nostalgia movies, which the entire purpose of this movie is to be a nostalgia movie. But if they can, if they know how to tighten it up and be, and just be fun with it and do more than just, Hey, point to this Easter egg. Hey, point to this Easter egg, you know, give it a minor plot, give them some fun dialogue. It doesn't have to be much. I don't have a high expectation of this movie anymore than I had a high expectation of Sonic, but I enjoyed the Sonic movies. Uh, I think I think this movie has a good thing going for it, where it's it, Sonic the where it has kind of a similar audience and a similar tone that Sonic the Hedgehog two did, but mm-hmm. it doesn't it didn't write itself into a corner by trying to be a live action movie, so it's free to just do Mario things, and I think that's going to do well. Um, that's fair. I mean, that's actually that's actually something I didn't really. I didn't like draw parallels in that way, but I think you're right. Like, I think if, if they really do pull it off in that way, I think, I think it could be a very strong showing um, for, for a Mario brothers movie. To your, to your point that I completely ignored though, (laughs) (laughs) there's an opportunity for them to be too fragmented if they try. Cause like you can bring in Donkey Kong as like a side character, just like, Oh, Hey, Donkey Kong's here, whatever. It doesn't have a role. But if you try to bring him in and like connect him to King K rule and try to have something whole going on on the side, that's going to be too much. Or if you bring Bowser in and then you also bring in like the, the Bowser children in and they've got something whole going on, it's going to be too much. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things. So the first time I watched the trailer, I've watched this trailer about 15 times now. I'm I'm just going to, I'm I'm gonna confess to how many times I've watched it because I, I'm I was trying to one of the things that I after watching it the first time, I was like, I had to have missed something <laughs> because there was just a lot there, right? Like I was just at first I was in awe. I was like, ooh, this is ooh, oh, ooh. And 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 so then and then I got into starting watching it again. And there are so many call outs in this trailer like you there's like a short glimpse right at like i think it's the one ish 115 or 120 something mark of yoshi's island right like we're talking oh, i didn't about, even catch that one there are so many different call outs in this in this trailer that i'm like man i really hope they just don't they just don't like Right. It's like uh, it's right around 124 and it's like quick. It's super quick. Right before the flower that um, um, Princess Peach, um, you know, puts her hand on the flower to get, you know, the fire. It's uh-huh. right before that. And it's when like he's flying through second. the mushrooms in the raccoon suit. It's what's that? Because there's I'm trying to see there's the there's the fish on the bridge. Yep. This particular sequence is like really quick. There's yeah. the fish on the bridge, and then yeah. it shoots over. Oh, this flyover here. I see. That's Yoshi. Yeah, that's Yoshi's Island. Yeah. So it's like, boom, boom. And I can't remember what, um, but so there's the Ice City, right? Uh-huh. So there's just, there's just so much here. Like, there's so much. And not that I'm complaining, right? Like, I, I often find that a lot of video game stuff, movies and such, they go s- super focused on like kind of just a very narrow storyline. But at the same time, this trailer and, and probably just because it's a trailer, it's very, very sporadic. But I feel like there's so many locations in this movie that it, it I fear that it's going to have 
there's an opportunity. It's just going to be too schizophrenic. Go forward to go forward to 142. That still frame for a moment. Yeah, they have the uh, the ghost sucker from Luigi's Mansion. There are they trying yeah. to go that as well? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, that's a lot. There's more in this than I initially initially realized. And then then the, then the Mario Kart reference, right? So like there are a lot of references in this thing. And look, maybe they are just references within the concept or the construct of the story to kind of like draw parallels to where you are in the universe, mm -hmm. right? Because it's it's fine to have the references because like the world exists as is, right? So if Mario's right. traipsing through all these vignettes, certain things are going to be there. Exactly. And if 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 that's the case, then I'm fine with that. But when you jam it all into a trailer and these little itty bitty quick snippets, it, it just gives me a little bit of a just a tad bit of a worry. <laughs> you know, I think I think it'll be OK. I uh, I haven't seen. So now that we've talked about just how many references are packed in here, that worries me a little. But I, I still am pretty confident that it's going to be it's going to be pretty OK. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be Sonic the Hedgehog one bad. <laughs> yeah, and it's not going to be the original Super Mario Brothers bad. No, God, no. <laughs> that was the that was bad. Except we got to talk about the crisp rat in the room. The crisp rat in the room. Chris Pratt as the voice of Mario. And <sighs> a lot of folks, a lot of people on the interwebs and a lot of people have had some very mixed reactions to Chris Pratt as Mario. I, I'm curious to, to get, so since me and you have never talked about Chris Pratt as Mario in this movie, um, like what is your take on what now we have heard more of Chris Pratt as Mario in this. I I'm going to be honest. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. Uh, would I have liked the original voice actor to voice Mario? Absolutely. That would have been fantastic. Uh, Chris, Chris Pratt is there because this is a Hollywood movie and Hollywood ties people's hands behind their back to sell tickets. And that's why that's the only reason Chris, Chris Pratt is there. Um, and I kind of just don't care. He'll do fine. I don't have any particular feeling about him. I I would I agree with you. Um, I you know hearing all the voices in there. By the way, my favorite voice in this whole thing is Jack Black as Bowser. Oh yeah, actually talking about voices, that was a very pleasant surprise. This is the, the as weird as it is. This is going to be the movie that's that makes me realize that Jack Black can actually act. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black's funny, but he just does Jack Black things, right? Right, right. But, but he, I, he's voice acting Bowser fantastically. He, I think his he had done his research. Yeah, because the the inflection that he has in his voice and just in the in the pieces that are in the trailer are just utterly fantastic. He's actually acting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Even in I, Kung Fu Panda, he was just playing. He was just doing Jack Black things, right? I yeah, that's fair. I this still like this Kung this Panda. feels like an actual performance, and fair I'm enough. very excited. Um, I'm actually very happy about the the voices for um, you know, um, the Toads, right? I think I think mm -hmm. they got that right, right? Who's doing them? I don't know. I can't remember. I also think that um, for um, Princess Peach, um, I thought it was a perfect choice. Oh, that's Anna Taylor-Joy? Oh, yeah, she'll do fine. Yeah. Anna Taylor-Joy is fantastic. Um, Toad is Keegan-Michael Key. Yes, yes, that's why they're good. <laughs> um, Fred I, Armisen is Cranky Kong. That's fantastic. I am a little just worried about the Chris Pratt and and I forget the guy's name again for Luigi. Uh, Char oh, Charlie Day. Charlie Day. I love him. He's great. I do. I, I'm a huge fan of Charlie Day. However, 
Luigi is 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 a very distinctive. Like I think Chris Pratt actually pulls off could pull off Mario better than than Day doing Luigi because Luigi is very man. He's very specific. He has a very specific type of voice to do. I could I could see there being some concern there. Uh, however, I think Charlie Day has a lot of respect for what he does. So he he'll he might not get the voice perfect because he might just not be able to, but he will do the role well. Fair is enough. my my thought on him. Whereas That's Chris good. Pratt would be the one I'd be like, well, listen, he's kind of just a pretty face to sell movie tickets. He's not actually a good actor. I don't know. <laughs> but I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Like him as Star Killer, um, for yeah. um, for uh, Guardians um, of the Galaxy. Yeah, I thought he was great. Like I, I, he, I was just, he was just doing Chris Pratt things. You know, it's the Jack Black argument. I School guess. of Rock is fantastic. Jack Black wasn't a good actor in that movie. He was just being Jack Black. Okay, fair enough. I, you know, I Chris Pratt was funny in Parks and Rec too. He was just doing Chris Pratt things. <laughs> well, okay. So this movie comes out this December. Um, I'm, if I can, and if I'm able. I am definitely going to try to go see this in the theater because um, a, I just like going to the theater and, and B I think it'll just be fun to see in the theater. Me too. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably go see this in theaters, but something I'm going to, I'm going to give some, some backroom information that um, uh, might be just rumor. It might be real. Um, but supposedly the movie runtime is very short. Well, that's not necessarily a problem. Like we're talking between 75 and, and, and 85 minutes. That's really short. Uh huh. I don't have a problem with short movies as long as they're well done. It, it, listen, a story is going to take as long as it takes to tell. If it's not that long of a story to tell, don't draw it out. You're just going to make your audience resent you for having to be there any longer than they have to. Uh, but but that's think, short. <laughs> but don't you think there might be some backlash? Because, I mean, if you think about it, right, like there are a a lot of there's a lot of hype around this movie right now. And typical runtime for movies, especially even even like Hollywood movies, even from an animated perspective, you're talking, you know, anywhere from 118 to 135. Right. Yeah, I I still think ninety minute standard is is the target if you can get, if you can do it. Um, there's the two hour, two and a half hour movies are really long. Even the good ones, like I don't, I just don't have that kind of time all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, fair enough. But that's even less than my ninety minute target. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just backroom talk that I I've been hearing. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to be quite low in that <laughs> respect. Um, but yeah, I feel like some people we might, if, if it's that low, there might be some people that are, are going to, I, I could see to that. that some people being upset that they paid however much to get into the theater and it was only an hour long. Yeah. Uh, I could see that. But again, if that's the amount of time it takes for the story to breathe properly and wrap up cleanly, that is what it is. But then why release it as a, a theatrical film? Like theatrical films that are just over an hour, like nobody nobody will waste the time to do that, right? Maybe. Or maybe they'll know. get more butts in the seats because everyone's really busy. Mm, maybe. Yeah, and December too, you know. Well, we'll see. I we'll think, see. Ov- yeah, I mean, I think overall, um, I think this 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 trailer two, um, really was a home run in my my opinion. It made me even feel better about the film, regardless of of the subtle nuances that I pointed out. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be an interesting ride, and I still think it's gonna be better than what we have already. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be better than cartoon and it's going to be better than the prior Mario Brothers. So what else can we want? All right. Well, moving on um, to December for our top three 
games that are coming out um, in uh, December of 2022, rounding out a, I think, a very banner year for next gen gaming. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think what I would like to do and and we're basing or at least I, I wanted to base this off of I I and, you know, I always still watch I, IGN videos. Sorry, folks. I do. It, IGN has just been around for way too damn long. A lot of people don't like IGN. I didn't know people didn't like IGN. Didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, they just call them sellouts and what have you. But they still do some good content. And so they released um, this most recent video um, that came out a couple of days ago that outlined the biggest game releases of December of 2022. And so I thought it would be great for Mike and I to kind of just call out our our top three games that we see coming out in December that you may want to check out. So I'm going to actually turn it over to you, Mike, and kind of like give us your thoughts on you know, what are the ones that sort of piqued your interest, but then, you know, what are what, what was your top three? So I was, I, I'm going to let in how little I understand what's going on in the world around me. <laughs> uh, I watched the video and I was like, oh, where where is Pokemon Violet? Pokemon Scarlet and Violet were supposed to come out this month, weren't they? No, they, they came out in November. They're already out. So that was going to be on my list of games to talk about was the new Pokemon. <laughs> and uh, I uh, I missed the boat. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. Maybe, you know what? Well, let's rewind and we'll we'll do November and we'll say like, oh, we just we recorded this before we forgot to release it. Well, yeah. Da, da, da. <laughs> was, was there anything in November that you were interested in? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Oh, uh, it was FIFA 23. I mean, FIFA that was, 23. Yeah, that was the one that I um I was really into and 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 primarily because of my son and and the World Cup. Oh, sure. We won't get into the nonsense that's going on there. USA. You hear uh oof. Uh no, I'm not gonna bring that up. <laughs> All right. Top three. Top three. All right. Honorable mention Pokemon Scarlet and Violet because they're not technically December. All right. <laughs> I am the most excited for Callisto Protocol, I think. Uh Dead Space. I played the original Dead Space, and that was a ton of fun. Um, didn't get much into the sequels. I heard the third one was trash. Because they had the problem where they tried to invest in multiplayer rather than actually do a single player game like it was supposed to. Very true. Sorry, sorry, uh, devs. Who did who did Dead Space? That wasn't Bioware, was it? Because it would be funny if Bioware got screwed by that twice. Uh, like Dead Space Three. Yeah. Um, I think Dead Space Three was um, yeah, Visceral. It was Visceral. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, good. I was just gonna. I was just gonna think it was really funny if Bioware got screwed over by the multiplayer thing twice, because that's what happened to Mass Effect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, second game I saw that I thought was interesting was Chained Echoes, which just looks like another fun little JRPG grid-based romp, and I'm all about those. And then, uh, because there wasn't anything better to really latch on to, Justin Roiland's High on Life is the third in my list, which I have very middling hopes for. But why? I don't... Listen, I really like Rick and Morty. I don't... I don't think Justin Roiland is that great outside of that show. I think he works really well with Dan Harmon because Dan Harmon is really talented and knows how to use him as an actor. I don't, but any of the ancillary shows like the, uh, what was he's done a couple of, of just him without Dan shows and they were awful. I I don't think he works well without a good writer on his side. And I think that's how this game is going to go. I think it's going to be over the top and I think it's going to think it's funnier than it is. And it's just not going to be. It's going to be like Borderlands 3 writing Ooh. is what I anticipate for this game. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think it looks mechanically interesting. I think the writing is going to be bad. And I you mean, just when you're when you're focusing so much on the humor, like this game obviously will, it can't suck. 
I mean, who doesn't want to like stab a gigantic guy and go and 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 your weapon goes stabby, 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 stabby. It'll mechanically and visually, I think it'll be fun. But I think that once once the immediate kitsch wears off uh, of of doing that, like that's only going to be novel for about five minutes before it gets annoying. Right. Okay. If you had to place a prediction on what Metacritic is going to give this game, meaning not the critics, but the user score for Metacritics, what do you think it would be? Well, if, if you had to give a guess. I think that depends on how much of an overlap there is between video game players and the people who store McDonald's demanding Szechuan sauce. <laughs> If that if that uh, Venn diagram is just a circle, this is going to get a ten out of ten. <laughs> well, so Metacritic goes from zero to one hundred. Oh, so what do you think? So, like, like so far, the best game score is I think ninety six. From the trailers alone, I think this thing could easily get. Somewhere between seventy and eighty. Okay, so that's a that's a. That's it'll be a... it'll be fairly okay. okay. I don't think I would enjoy it that much. I think unless it does, unless it surprises me, I personally wouldn't give it more than a sixty-five on that scale. I think, given, like I said, that Venn diagram of of gamer population, I think it's going to get a lot of good user reviews, and I think it'll be decent enough. Uh, and I think Justin Roiland carries enough weight star power weight that it'll bump it to 70 or 80 okay what about callisto protocol like you take that and you put that on on a metacritic scale for users like i i I think that'll easily score in the 90s that game just looks fantastic that's one where it's like it, it it looks really good so unless they just unless they ruin it somehow it there's no way that's not hitting the 90s Quick rumor mill on that game. Um, and I, I don't know if this destroys your 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 score for this or your, what your presumably projected score would be for this. But rumor mill is a lot of the a lot of the death animations and a lot of the different um like um mechanics of the game are going to be behind the DLC paywall. So that's weird. <laughs> that's really weird. That's like a that's like a Mortal Kombat style yeah. fighting game kind of DLC. Yeah. This is as far as I understand supposed to be a tight single player game. Yep. I okay. mean it's really well, weird. I hope it's untrue. I also hope it's untrue because if that's if that is true, that's going to tank this thing's score right out the gate. All you have to do is be a spiritual successor to Dead Space. You just got to make a really good single player action horror game. That's all it has to be. Don't don't put weird microtransactions for death animations and whatnot. That don't don't do that. Yeah, I think um we'll see how this goes, but if if season pass is going their se- the Callisto um protocol season pass surfaces that you know their that stuff is all going to get um going to put it into that DLC paywall, it'll be interesting. I th- just the existence of a season pass isn't a bad thing. That just tells you that they're planning on making like extra levels or whatever have you. But if yeah, the rumor is true that they're going to do death animations and probably other things, then that's that's weird. That's the wrong type of game to put that in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Any any additional honorable mentions before we um, move on? I did want to I did want to call out Inscription. Mm. Uh, not a new game. That game was already out. Uh, Inscription is the the really dark uh spooky card game it was an indie game i don't remember what company made it um but it's getting a switch port so it's not a new release it's already out it's a good game uh but it's coming to the switch now which yeah. i think honestly is a great uh console for it i know slay the spire 
I prefer to play Slate Aspire on on a Switch like device if I can. Um, so I, I I imagine Inscription will do just fine on that console. But yeah, that's an honorable mention because it's not new. Yeah. No. I I I'm well well. <laughs> I think I think we're in parody in 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 some of the this this um in our top three. So I'll, I'll go ahead and slide into mine really quick. And yeah, I think overall number one for me is is close to protocol. In fact, it's it's going to be here on Friday. Um, I pre-ordered it, make sure that it was going to come to my door day one, so I can oh pop baby it, pop it into the PlayStation Five and play that baby for a bit before before I go on vacation. But I am. Absolutely. I have been waiting for a horror style game that I think would make me like want to play with the game with the lights on. (laughs) And what I've seen of this game so far, I feel like this is finally that first game in a very long time that's going to make me do that. I can't quite quantify why I think this. Uh, but okay, jump scares are the cheapest form of horror. Yes, agree. Yes, correct. Yeah, but somehow Dead Space figured out how to do jump scares correctly, and damn, do they hit! <laughs> yeah, um, Hellblade did the same thing though. Like, I don't know if you've played Hellblade. No, that uh, I haven't played. Send you a sacrifice. I got a chance to play that game, um, and that game. I cannot play. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I don't scare easily, but that game is spooky as hell. <laughs> um, and it will mess with you because of the audio design of it mm-hmm. is very, very well done. And when I'm playing in, you know, my basement with surround sound and the voices are like, you know, traveling through all the speakers and so on and so forth and traveling another size. And then something just appears at you and, you know, what have you, the game just does it for, you know, that's the last game that has done it for me. And I'm hoping, and I'm, I, I have high hopes for close to protocol to be uh, in, of that same qual- quality and caliber. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It looks good. looks good. Um, I uh, oh. I put Hellblade on my wish list. I think I remember it might have been Architect of Games Games talking about uh, this particular one. It looks a little bit familiar. It's jogging some memory in me. I'll yeah, definitely game, check it out. That game is is impressive. I really really love it. I think it's it's severely underrated, and I'm I'm excited to see what uh, to play Hellblade two. Um. My my number two um, is your number three, and that's um, high on life. Um, and, and primarily, I'll be honest with you, the reason why I'm just so excited about this game is the fact that um, it's it just looks like it's going to be fun as hell to play. I hope it is. I hope and, that I am pleasantly surprised, and Justin Roiland doesn't become irritating after five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I understand that. I just I don't know. I am um I am optimistically hoping it's going just to be a wacky fun game. Just like um yeah. just like Outer Worlds, right? Um Sure. I think Outer Worlds was was a was a was a to me it was a surprising hit and and very fun to play. It was a lot more subdued, though, and it was made by like an established titan in in RPG making. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Like this is just Justin Roiland getting drunk one day and making a game, basically, <laughs> just like he does everything else. <laughs> but I hope it's I hope it's Rick and Morty Justin Roiland and not Solar Opposites Justin Roiland. Ooh, Solar Opposites was so bad. Yep. <laughs> It was so so bad. We could probably have an episode to dissect that whole atrocity. I couldn't even finish the pilot. Oh, that was that was brutal. 
All right. So number three, um, I'm going to go with my tried and true faith, old faithful. Uh, it is a, it is a remake remaster. Um, but to me, this was one that needed to be made and I think is going to satisfy my, um, appetite for the next final fantasy seven uh release and that is crisis core final fantasy seven reunion um and this for those who don't know so crisis core was a gosh this was i'm pretty certain this was a nintendo ds game at first um long 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 time ago and um, it deserved a remaster because Crisis Core really changed the mechanics of the, sto- you know, like fin- the Final Fantasy VII story and really took it to another level. Um, and it was just really an, an excellent, excellent addition to the series. And I felt like, you know, we've been caught, or I should say the the Final Fantasy, like, enthusiasts people who love final fantasy um really like this particular game because it really provided a lot of that backstory for final fantasy 7 that we didn't get because final fantasy 7 was just a gigantic game and they couldn't add more to it <laughs> sure so if i'm understanding this correctly crisis core was similar to like the the kingdom hearts game boy and ds games where they expanded on different mechanics and 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 widened the story of kingdom hearts but it's being remastered for pc and console yeah so and i just looked here i'm sorry i i got this incorrect it's it was actually a psp game originally okay Um, sure and um crisis core actually is a story that's set seven years before final fantasy seven Okay. And so it's a prequel story to the whole Final Fantasy, like, you know, like the, you know, Final Fantasy VII and then Crisis Core was right before that. So it was Mm -hmm. everything leading up to the, um, you know, the, 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 um, the, the opening of, Final Fantasy VII, which is the you know the train um, and and blowing up the uh, Mako reactor. So I, I know absolutely nothing about Final Fantasy other than it was an NES RPG <laughs> at one point. What what makes Number Seven such a special? Because that seems to be like a really important game uh, in the series. Yeah, I mean it depends on who you talk to. Final Fantasy VII was probably the at the time the best iteration of the game that really had this expansive and diverse story driven narrative it really held a narrative that in my eyes anyways um that was more I, it was more like it was more realistic or more on it kind of took a non-fantasy look at relationships and how people interacted with each other. It very it, it pushed the boundaries that video game narrative didn't have at that time. Okay. Which seems interesting to me because when I think of Square Enix, I think of really goofy, like surface level characters. I mean, Final Fantasy Seven, you know, introduced people to like at that time, right? Um taboo talking about cross-dressers like Tu Wong Fu wasn't even out yet right I guess I forgot how recently that was taboo yeah I mean if you think about it right like Final Fantasy 7 came out before Tu Wong Fu which was that was like the commercial breakout of cross-dressing right like that was when well was... Monty Python was the commercial breakout of cross-dressing <laughs> well people still didn't ex- it's still people didn't uh, understand or think that there was Monty Python was too early for its time Yeah, when it came out. It wasn't until the two Wong Fu's of the world came out that it became more more commercially popular I guess is what I'm getting at. Sure. Um, and so like Final Fantasy just really, Final Fantasy 7 um, you know really 
touched on some very, you know, like touchy topics, right? Yeah. Um, it was lengthy and it was good. It was a very bad game. To be very honest with you, like Final oh. Fantasy VII itself, it was a bad like it, polygon game. It was like you know someone's arms was made of like four blocks. You know, it was like boop, 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 you know it's just. You know, it was like a really old game. What Crisis Core did was it took Final Fantasy story, made it an origin story, and and upgraded the graphics and upgraded the the way that the game uh, was presented and the story was presented. Okay. And it was Crisis Core is what made people ask, have had asked for a remake of Final Fantasy VII for almost two decades. Sure. And so... Um, Crisis Core, though, was was, I mean, if you look anywhere, Crisis Core is is a highly rated, highly rated Final Fantasy game. Okay, I'll have to check it out. I know Seven got remade recently, yes. and that was pretty a pretty big deal. Oh my gosh! Yes, it it was disappointing that they're breaking it up into multiple games. So whatever, <laughs> but. Yes, what they did with the Final Fantasy VII remake, it it exceeded my expectations on everything that they put into it. And by all means, even though I avoided buying a PlayStation Five because I did not want to support Sony's nonsense of what they were doing with the Final Fantasy VII series and the remakes, I finally caved in. Obviously. And I'm over it. Um, but I was um I was very, very happy with the with the remake, and I can't wait for the next one to come out. And this one, even though it's on my number three, it's only my number three because Callisto Protocol I'm getting on Friday. <laughs> High on life, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna get to play on free on um on Game Pass day one and uh Crisis Core. Uh, I won't be able to play until I get back from vacation. So <laughs> priorities, I guess. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so would I'm, you would you ahead. say that Final Fantasy VII is uh, it's it's important part of video game history because it 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 inspired and led to other games. Let's say Persona yeah. series maybe owes its life to. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 in the same way that Gears of War owes its life to Resident Evil 4 where Resident Evil 4 isn't necessarily the greatest game on its own yeah I mean I think so I think Final Fantasy as a series has inspired so many hits that we've all played over the years you know we me and you we've talked about Shining Force right mm -hmm. Final Fantasy inspired Shining Force. Right? Well, yeah, sure it did. Sure it did. From a um just from like a genre perspective, but I was right. talking more about like the the story and then the subject matter because Persona yeah. is another one that's very uh weighty in its in its dialogue. Yeah, I think um Final Fantasy 7 um was and and I would say a little bit of Final Fantasy 6, but but only to a a small degree really started changing how story I felt was, or at least from my perspective, that um, was injected into, you know, RPGs, right? Oftentimes RPGs was like, I'm a hero. I'm going to go save the princess, do, 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 hit a bunch of monsters, and then the game's over. Where Final Fantasy, I think, shined was the way that they broke into like almost like novella type narrative. Sure. That really carried you through a story and made you feel like you have completed an adventure as opposed to just beating up a bunch of monsters. Yeah. And so I think that's what, in my opinion, even though the Final Fantasy games aren't always the best games uh, and, and they haven't been for, for quite some time, um, but I think when you talk about games like Final Fantasy VII, Crisis Core, um, Final Fantasy X, um, those games themselves, even though they're only a few of the Final Fantasy games, 
there are probably some of the most important games that um that are are part of this industry because they've fueled so many different games in that in that space. That's my opinion. Cool. Off my soapbox. <laughs> um to round this out on the honorable mentions, I do want to agree with you. I think inscription um didn't make my regular list because again it's it's a re-release of a of a game that's already out there and, and it's not like a remaster or anything. It's just a straight up port, right? Right. But I'm excited to play it on the Switch. I haven't played it yet. Um I'm glad it's coming to the Switch because I think it's the place, it's the medium, and it's the console that I would want to play it on. Um I think the other one that I've always been a huge fan of this series, um, and that's Need for Speed Unbound. Um, I think this is a very interesting new take. This is the first time that um, they're taking more of a cartoony type um, approach to it. Um, it's also, you know, with a new developer um, sure. for the Need for Speed series. I think it has a lot of um, initial D vibes too. Um, and I used to like initial D, like so, like arcade and, and so on and so forth. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what um, Criterion software does with Need for Speed. Um, and it's a lot of, you know, shells, shell, ugh, cell shaded like graphics and what have you. Um, so it just looks interesting. I'm, I'm going to optimistically <laughs> watch it from the outside and I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping it hits game pass, uh, so I can check it out there first. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm always down for a, a good need for speed game. I, I like what they did with the art style. I think it, gives it a very distinct feel to separate it from say Gran Turismo or, or Forza horizon. Right. Um, it, it's not trying to be realistic. It's just trying to have that arcadey feel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it kind of, it kind of feels, uh, it gives me saints row vibes just a little in, in the way that they're, it's presenting itself. Right. Like, like saints row meets racing kind of thing. We're going to have fun here and we're not going to take ourselves too seriously. But here's this well-developed tight game uh, that we put together for you. Yeah. Well, have you played Burnout? No, no, I haven't played Burnout. So Burnout, um, they um, Criterion Software, they're the ones that created Burnout. Um, Oh, that that makes sense. And so Burnout was, uh, well, let me rephrase that. (laughs) Acclaim created it. Um, but Criterion has worked on it since its inception. And um, so they, they've they been, um, well, sorry. It was, it was created and developed under the Acclaim banner and then EA bought it, obviously, when the whole like Acclaim went belly up or whatever. Um, but yeah, so Burnout um, Paradise, I think, um, is one of their last ones that they made. And um, it was, it was it's a fantastic game, but it was, again, it was that, it was that um, arcadey style kind of racing game mm-hmm. um, that, you know, didn't take itself too seriously. Um, what I also think this, what they're doing with Unbound that I'm really excited for was um, Criterion also worked on um, Need for Speed Most Wanted, which was actually one of my favorite um, um, uh, PlayStation 3 Need for Speed games. Sure. Um, so, but then they they still made it like with realistic people you know, real people, like almost like rendered scenes of real people acting. And it was just oh, bad. Okay. Oh, it was bad. Not good. No, it was not good. It was bad. Um, so I'm I'm really excited for this installment and and them kind of going, you know, taking a step back on the art style and and being more um more like back to taking itself ser- less less taking itself seriously as you say, right? And being yep. more arcadey with it. Yeah, let the let the let the stock car games like Gran Turismo, like Forza Horizon, let let those be the hyper realistic 
uh, like car it, and they're hyper realistic in graphics and also like car maintenance and some of them like you got to change yeah. these sprockets to tune your car to a specific percentage like that's really cool but I like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I like them both that's the crazy thing right like um, you know like I have Gran Turismo 7 which is return to form amazing game but sometimes I just want to play an arcade racer and that's it. Yep. Um so bef- before we we let every you know let we we end the episode. I think one of the things that I wanted to call out is um this is our second to last episode of this year. I think we're only going to do well we have one more coming out. We're going to record one more. And then we're going to be taking a break until uh, until the new year. You won't uh, you won't have my beautiful voice <laughs> clogging your eardrums anymore. Oh, wait, that doesn't mean I'm not going to talk to you or reach out to you. I mean, we're going to do something at some point here. And in, in... oh, I meant the audience. They, they oh, would have to be have me baranguing their brains. That was a word I just made up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but but yeah, so only have a few episodes left. One, one, one still to come out and one more to record. I think the, um, to kind of just tease it out. Um, you know, I think the last episode we're going to try to do just a little retrospective and kind of some things to look forward to in 2023. So kind of looking forward to, to wrapping that with you and, and kind of just figuring out, you know, what, uh, what's next in this, this wonderful world of gaming. We should, we should get a good, ggtv plays uh pushed out before the end of the year yeah something yeah, like maybe. a a dark tide warhammer dark tide just came out we oh. should pick that up and we should we should play some dark tide with christmas hats on yes 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 we'll, <laughs> you know what we'll do is let's let's do it this way we'll obviously you know we'll, we'll stream it on your 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 twitch right and then mm-hmm. we'll we'll post it back on to uh on to ggtv so maybe we can um maybe we can coax uh joe into that yeah yeah get uh well and uh well i'll we'll we'll procure a fourth somewhere for sure but uh, we'll try to redeem ourselves for our terrible performance in left for dead (laughs) i had a ton of fun but man we were bad so (laughs) bad i don't know what happened but we were so bad i think joe's wife was carrying the whole time she was carrying us yeah 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 she was she was and and joe and joe was just like what are you guys doing? I'm, I'm like, dying. What does it look like? <laughs> Joe, there's zombies. <laughs> help me. Help me. I'm going to get hit by the train <laughs> or roller coaster. Roller coaster. We got stuck on that roller coaster for how long? Oh, yeah. man. Thanks for listening to our most recent episode of Uneducated Gamers. You can go to Galaxy Game TV to post comments on each of our episodes, or if you have a question or a topic you would like us to include in an episode, feel free to leave a comment. Until next week, we bid you farewell.